Yeah. So, obviously, as you see, camp was absolutely awesome. It was a total blast. A lot of nonsense, a lot of ridiculous games, all that stuff, but it totally set the stage for bringing down walls in the hearts of the students and opening up a way for us students to, or for us leaders to speak into the hearts of the students. It was such an awesome week. Definitely top ministry experience of my life. I know it's been short ministry experience so far, only a year in, but definitely way up there. Absolutely incredible. We got to bring 47 students from here to go and do our own camp. We had 17 leaders. It's a lot better. Last year, we had 24 and four leaders. So it's a little different this year. Uh, it's super, super great. Um, we got to have just driven youth out there. So it's totally uh, different atmosphere. Whenever you look around and you only see the students that you know and you get to connect with them and you know, whenever you come back here, we get to continue those connections. We get to continue those, those relationships. So absolutely awesome. We were at Sabine Creek Ranch. Um, great campus. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and the Holy Spirit spoke to the students and brought huge change into the lives of everyone there. So it was awesome. Uh, I just want to explain a little bit of just the crazy ridiculousness that we, that we got to have fun with. So we had different teams uh, that went, that we took all the way out to camp there. And so we had... Um, just ridiculous names, honestly. But it's all, the, the, the theme is it all changes now. So we did all of them clock slash time oriented things. So we had things like the crazy crimson cuckoo clocks. We had the ginormous golden grandfather clocks, the sleek silver sundials, the remarkable royal blue Rolexes, the OG orange hourglasses, and the dominant dark green digital clock. So those are the teams that the students got to be a part of. It just, again, nonsense, but it was so fun. It, we, this is what we did all of our rec games with. And so we had leaders with students doing just some crazy games. Super, super fun. So huge shout out to all of those leaders uh, for, for leading those teams. And I would say almost an even bigger shout out to the spouses who stayed home with kids and with others of the team leaders. So super awesome. Uh, and then some essential underrated leaders that I want to give shout outs to is we had Caleb Vandenberg leading worship all week long. It's great. We had Hunter Treadaway doing all the tech, putting together awesome videos. Super great. Uh, we had Steven Tanner, who was our medic. He's not here today. He's in California, but he was our medic. Huge lifesaver, helping out with every scrape, bump, bruise, all that kind of stuff. It was awesome. And also a huge shout out to Jacob Voigt, wherever he's at. He, he quickly became the, the student's favorite leader as he, he just helped us with all of the behind-the-scenes work. So everyone absolutely loved it. And then I would say a huge shout-out to Chloe as well. So She helped me getting all these ideas together as well as my dad, but I got to have conversations with her from about like February all the way up till the end of July. We're saying, hey, what do you think about this? What about this? How are we going to do this? So she was awesome. It's just the best. So thank you very much, Chloe. Uh, and then also a huge shout-out to everyone who donated to get us students and all the leaders to camp. Seriously, incredible. I think the total was close to nearly $10,000 total raised uh, that sent students to camp. It was absolutely awesome. And then one last thing, and then we'll get into a little more stuff, uh, but the prayer bracelets. Absolutely awesome, awesome thing on Facebook, seeing everyone post, hey, this is the student that I have that I'm praying for throughout the week of camp. I saw lots of posts on Facebook, and I talked to some people, and they've said, hey, every day I was praying for this person, and we who were at camp, I can say, 
Thank you for all of your prayers. There's definitely a huge impact from this whole series we've been in with Pray Bold. Uh, so thank you very much for all your prayers there. Super awesome. Uh, I'm gonna invite two leaders up to the stage to just share a little bit about their camp experience. If I can get Jonathan Gaddis and Jeannie Tabor to come up to the stage for a real just quick second, that would be great. So Jonathan, I'll hand it off to you for a sec. Oh, I get to go first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm a little hoarse, so sorry if the mic squeaks. Uh, a lot of yelling at camp, so yeah. uh, it's not the tech booth's fault if it squeaks. <laughs> Shout out to the tech booth. Um, so, no, it was a great week. Um, I would say student and leaders alike came to camp with, a, with bondage, with chains wrapped around them, with different sins that they were carrying. And come night two, we really started to see a big change, not only in the students' hearts, but in leaders' hearts. Yeah. They started to see those walls fall, those chains start to break, yeah. those uh, bondage of sin start to just fall off. And that was through prayer, yeah. that was through scripture, and that was through application of the yeah. message. So the theme for night two, and I know you'll talk about it, so I don't want to steal your thunder, was <laughs> choose your change. Yeah. So we started to see students really choose the change that they were seeking through Christ. And that's not only choosing the change for themselves, but we started to see students lifting other students up, students yeah. lifting leaders up, yeah. students and leaders alike praying for the congregation of Vertical Church. Yeah. It was amazing. Absolutely. There was a huge shift at that moment, and we started to see them pick up the shield and the cross of Christ and, yeah. the, and the sword and start to go to war with the devil. Yeah. And it was amazing. We really started to see a huge shift right yeah. at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Jeannie. Uh, one of my most favorite things was getting to have intentional and personal relationships with kids that I don't get the time to on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning. Um, also, last year when Truett got called to this position, God said, I want you to help Truett. And I gave two very compelling reasons why that was not a good idea. <laughs> and he said, I need you to help Truett. So here I am a year later um, watching Truett become who God created him to be and lead is, it's a great blessing. Leaders, students, all were just totally blessed by that. Um, the week before we went, I um, sat down with God and I gave him some prayer requests. And each one of these requests, I, I believe, was met. And so each one has a story and I'm just going to read it because I know that there are people in here who this is affected by. Um, I pray you into this week, Lord. Let your word be spoken and your truth be heard and discussed. I pray for safe travels, for walls to be torn down that the enemy has built up, for lies for the, from the enemy to be destroyed, for Holy Spirit-led conversations, for hearts to hear how loved they are by you, for you to form holy and eternal bonds that hell can't break, for souls to be saved, for seeds to be planted, and anxiety to be freed, and for no one to be sick. Yeah, yeah, amen. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jeannie, for real. That's good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, so those are two of our leaders that got to be in all of the discussion groups with, with some students. Absolutely awesome. Again, huge shout out to all the people that I shouted out earlier. Just the absolute best. So, uh, I've been asked by my dad to just go over some of the things that we've gone through camp, uh, the sermons and, and the impactful points. So I want y'all to get to experience what these students got to experience last week. So we started off with a quote um, 
And it says this, it says, time is free, but it is priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. And once you've lost it, you can never get it back. So it's a powerful quote about time and how we kind of live to where we're borrowing time. What are we using our time for? What, what are we doing with what we've been given? Are we using it for ourselves? Or are we only living for just our appetites and our urges? Or are we living with a bigger picture in mind? Are we living free and with the mindset to set others free? So we must decide what we are going to do with the time that we've been given, right? We can't just keep storing up time, but this time is going away. So what are we doing as time passes? Are we being beneficial with it or are we taking it for granted, right? So the first night, our sermon title was It Takes More Than You for Change. And our main point was that God has called you from death to life. So the first night we had uh, the sermon illustration of Lazarus. And we had Travis Smith, shout out to Travis. We had him getting all sorts of wrapped up by some gauze. It was just absolutely awesome. He got to be Lazarus for the day. So we, he was the guy who got all wrapped up and he was the picture of what it looks like to be dead. He was the picture of what it looks like to be spiritually, totally rendered useless, basically, right? And we saw through the story of Lazarus with Jesus that Jesus has the power to call you out of that sin and that bondage. There's nothing too far gone that God can't reach. God calls dead things to life and they come back to life and they change. So our huge point was that it takes more than you for change. Lazarus, Travis, can't just get up and just start shaking all that stuff off and say, okay, I'm good. He got there by continual sin and bondage and all these things just pressing in on him to where he can't move anymore. And we see Jesus in the story of Lazarus where he says, hey, roll the stone away. Lazarus, where you have died, I want y'all to roll the stone away and I'm going to call him from death to life. So I would say our role as the leaders was to roll that stone away for the students. We were praying that God would soften their hearts. We were praying that God would open their ears and that they would be responsive to the gospel. So we see Jesus calls out to Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He calls him from death to life. And Lazarus comes out of there, you know, all hopping and all this kind of stuff like Travis looks. And then Jesus says to those that are around him, he says, hey, now y'all go and loose him. It's not Lazarus's job to now take all the sin off of himself, but it's those around him to help take off that sin and that bondage that once held them. So we had a couple other of our leaders come up and help Travis take off that grave clothes that he had on there. And it was an awesome demonstration that God has called people from death to life and that it is our responsibility as a youth group to help others get that sin and bondage off of them, to break the chains with them, for us as leaders to carry them up, to take them where they can't go by themselves. It's our job to help them break free from those things, and then whenever they're breaking free, they go and they set others free. They go find other people like Lazarus of the Spirit where they're totally dead, and they say, hey, listen to the gospel. Listen to what Jesus has done. You've been called from death to life, and now... Let me help you take that sin, that addiction, that habit, whatever it is. Let me take that off of you. And it starts working out their faith by confession, right? Whenever they're confessing sins, bondage starts to fall off. Whenever you say, hey, here's what I've been bound by. I no longer want to be bound by it. And then whenever someone's there to help, 
That's whenever sin and bondage has, loses all its control in your life. So we had some awesome pictures from Travis there. Night one, it was super great. Uh, and then the next day, uh, our sermon title was Jesus Loves You Personally. And we talked about the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. So the main, the main point was that Jesus came to cleanse you of your sins. We, we talked about that Jesus came to serve. He came here, the one who had all authority, the one who had every reason to say, why should I serve? He emptied himself and came down and said, I'm gonna serve you. So what we had the, the leaders do, those who were in authority, they came down to the student and said, what I'm gonna do is wash your feet. I'm gonna be the one that lowers down my walls. I'm gonna, wait. I'm gonna be the one that says, I wanna serve you, I wanna help you, and I wanna talk through life with you. I wanna live life with you. And so we, we've talked about this idea that we must let Jesus have all of us because this was in an, it's kind of an uncomfortable situation for a leader to say, hey, go ahead and take off your socks and shoes and now I'm gonna have some water and I'm gonna wash your feet with this. That's, it's uncomfortable. It was fun seeing all the students go, what in the world? Right after we tell the story of Peter where he's like, nah, he's not gonna do it. And all the students and leaders say, come on, Peter, it's Jesus. He's supposed to do this stuff. And then whenever it comes to you, it comes to the real life aspect. It's kind of this hesitancy, like, hold on now. I don't know, I don't know if you should get that up close and personal, but that's our goal is that we would start sharing with others the personal love of Jesus. And we said, whenever you experience the personal love of Jesus, that is what causes change. If you don't know the personal love of Jesus, you're gonna continue on and continue on and continue on and you're gonna keep getting wrapped up like Lazarus time after time after time. But whenever you know that Jesus loves you, Jesus, sent, Jesus died for you, that's whenever change begins to occur, right? So we then must take that love. We then must take that servant that, that was serving us and we take and we share him with others. Again, it ties back into night one and we say, just like that with Lazarus, we wanna free other people. We wanna share the love of Jesus with other people. So the personal love of Jesus causes change and that is how everyone will know that we are one of his disciples. It's whenever we share the love of Jesus with others, not, exception, not just accepting sin, not tolerating sin, not ignoring sin, but speaking the truth and saying, look, Jesus has died for you it's time for you to come out of that sin and experience real freedom. It's time for you to change your life. It's not time for you to say, thanks, Jesus loves me, I'm gonna continue sinning. But it's, hey, okay, Jesus died the death that I deserved. By his grace, I've been saved and I'm gonna accept that by faith and I'm gonna change now. I'm gonna go in a different direction. And whenever you're going in a different direction, that's how people will say, that's a disciple of his. Not just a person that claims to be a Christian, but it's the person whose lifestyle is different. And we saw that at camp. We saw students say, okay, no more of the way I used to live. I'm changing because I'm a Christian. I'm not gonna be deceived by these lies that I've been buying into and saying I'm a Christian at the same time, but I'm changing. I'm going a different direction so that I can have other people experience change, so I can have other people experience freedom. I wanna take this to my family. I wanna take this to my school. I wanna take this to my addictions and say, look, you must bow because Jesus died for me. 
you must leave because Jesus is the one that saved me. That is what we were going for there on that day. And then the day after, uh, our sermon title was Choose Your Change. This kind of became the anthem of the people, of all the students and the leaders. Super, super awesome night. Our main point was that you have a new identity through the blood of Jesus. So that requires you to choose your change to go in the opposite direction. It's not gonna happen naturally. You're not gonna feel like changing eventually. You're not just gonna feel like getting out of an addiction. You're not just gonna feel like getting out of a friend group. But you have to choose. You have to say, I'm doing this. I know that it may cause some tension or whatever, but I am choosing this. So we started with the story of Joshua at the end of his life, whenever he's talking to the people of Israel and he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. This is not, oh, feel like how you want each day and maybe you'll be this way, maybe you'll be that way. No, he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And he says, put away the gods that you used to serve. Put away the gods your fathers used to serve whenever we were back in Egypt. Put them away totally. Live totally different. Choose God every day. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Put them away and he says, hey, I'm pleading and urging y'all to do this, but regardless, this is what me and my household will do. This is, what, this is the change I'm choosing. I'm going this direction. It may make some people mad. It may make some people uncomfortable. I've still got to do it. This is still the truth. I'm still choosing this change. So that was our plea to the students. And we saw bondage break that night. I stayed up late with students talking with them. It was great. People confessing sin, people wanting change, follow it up with them. And they're like, hey, this is still it. This, this change is still what I'm choosing. I still want to continue in this direction, no longer in my old direction. And that's just the story that I have. I know other leaders have had other conversations with other students, super awesome, but choose your change was our anthem of that day. And so later that night, uh, we had some worship. I don't know if those pictures have already come on. Yeah, it was awesome. We uh, had a cross set up outside and we had some lights up with it. And what we did before we went out there is in our discussion groups after the sermon, we had everyone write down on a card, this is the change that I'm choosing. This right here is what I'm putting to death. Lust, violence, self-harm, whatever it may be. This is what I'm putting to death. This no longer reigns in my life. This no longer controls me. It's over here. And then they wrote on a different card. They said, this is what I'm now alive to. This right here is what I'm going to live towards. This is what I'm changing towards. This is the change that I am choosing and I'm gonna put it up here at the altar. So what we did here tonight, I gathered those cards of the, of the words that people said, this is what I want to change towards. And we had an awesome time of worship out here. And I read some of those cards. People saying, I'm choosing the change to be bold. I'm choosing the change to seek peace over fear. I'm choosing the change to put away anxiety. And it was a powerful night. It was an awesome night uh, getting to see people take that step, put it down on a card, say, I'm dying to this here. This no longer reigns in my life and I'm living to this over here. This is what I'm pursuing. This is what God has called me towards and I'm gonna remember this night. That was our plea for them. And so then the last night, and this was kind of, again, also the anthem, obviously, you see here on our shirts. It says, the days are short. This is something I was saying over 
and over and over again. It kind of got annoying eventually, but it was great because people got the message. So the days are short. What we meant by this is that Jesus is returning soon. I said it a lot of times. It's great we had yesterday. It's awesome we've had up until today. But who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? We don't know. And it's not some scare tactic. We're not saying, oh, you better or else. But we're saying, hey, the days are short. Let's be intentional. Let's think through what the consequences of of our choices. Let's choose our change in the right direction. If you're going to choose the world, choose the world, but know the consequences. And if you're going to choose God, know the consequences. It's awesome. It's great. That's why we do camp. Choose your change. And the days are short. So we were pleading with the students to go, therefore, and make disciples, like we saw at the end of Jesus' life. He says, hey, I'm coming again. What I want you to do now, because you know those things, go and tell other people. Go and tell them the things that I have commanded you. Go and tell them, hey, teach them to observe the ways that I have taught you as well. So we kept going on this idea that time is ticking. Again, with the ridiculous team names, that's why we did all that stuff. The cuckoo clocks are ticking, whatever you want to say. But time is ticking. Uh, and then you have to take the change you have experienced and share it. We were saying, hey, don't leave this here at camp. That's the most classic thing ever, is to have a summer camp. Everyone says, woohoo, a week later, right back where they were. But we were saying, hey, we're gonna call that out from the get-go. We're gonna call that out while we're still here at camp. And we're saying, look, I understand the emotions are high. I understand it's been a great week. But look, let's be serious about this. Let's just cancel the whole camp high thing and let's be serious about the choices we're making. Think through the actions right now. We don't wanna just hype you up with all this emotion and make you make these huge promises and then not live up to them and feel even worse than you did before you came to camp. Because that's what happens too many times at too many church camps. So we kept emphasizing the fact that we need to, ex we need to experience change here at camp and then we're gonna take it somewhere else. And then we also talked about this other point that the gospel isn't about you, but it is for you, right? So a lot of people get all nervous whenever you sing songs that say me and I in them and they say, well, hey, the gospel's not about us. Yes, correct. But it is for us. The gospel's about Jesus, but it's for us. And our goal is to go and make him known because it's for us. Because we have experienced the change, we're gonna go out now to others and say, look, I've experienced change. And I want you to experience freedom. I want you to not look like Lazarus anymore. I want you to be able to make your own decisions. I want you to walk in freedom. I don't want you to walk in just this death all the time and taking death with you to everywhere you go, but go and set other people free. So that night, uh, we talked about who are you going to commit to sharing change with now. So we had this big outlined cross on the ground right in front of the seats, right in front. Uh, and everyone had the opportunity to come up and grab an index card and write down, this right here is who I'm going to share change with. They said, I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it at the cross and say, I'm praying for this person. I'm praying for this family member. I'm praying for this friend at school. I'm going to share change with my addiction. I'm going to share change with my habit, whatever it may be. We gave them the opportunity to do that. And then afterwards, we brought four seniors forward. It was such an awesome time. We had uh, four seniors come down to the front and everyone got to lay hands on them. 
and we said, hey, we're gonna commission y'all to go out into this world and share change that you've experienced through youth, through your time at youth, you know, and obviously I've only been here one year, so not all these kids have been with us the whole time at Driven, but they've still had spiritual experiences, they've still had a relationship with God, and so we prayed for them that they would go out and be a strong witness to the world, that they would go out and make disciples in their own lives. They're no longer under our watch, but these men are 18, 19 years old, and so they now are men who get to share the gospel with others. Some of these guys are going right into the workforce. Some of them are going to college. So we said, hey, look, the days are short. What are we doing? Are we choosing our change? Are we going the right direction? What are we doing? So we talked to them, prayed with them. uh, And then the next morning, we got to invite them to come up on stage and share towards the youth group an encouragement, um, a word of advice, anything like that, that they had to share for those who are going to be where they are at now said, hey, from my experience up until now, 18, 19 years old, I now am gonna pour back into y'all. This is what it looks like to be a leader. This is what it looks like to experience change. They weren't saying we're perfect, but they're saying we're choosing to serve the Lord. And this right here is my encouragement to you. It was such a powerful time. It was so awesome. Great way to end the week. Um, But we wanna also establish that um, leadership pour back into Right? We want to establish, hey, whenever you're older, think about who you're pouring into. Think about who am I learning from? Who am I pouring into? So we're establishing that in Driven Youth as well. It was so powerful. So that right there is kind of like an overcap of the sermons. But I want to read to you the theme verse for us and then a little charge to y'all as well. All right? So Romans 13, 11, if you have your Bible, now is the time to pull that out. Romans 13, 11. It says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, to be called out of death like Lazarus, right? Now it is time to leave that state of life. It says, for now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The time that Jesus is coming back to save us from this earth is nearer now than the first time you put your, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, Right? That time is coming quicker and quicker. The days are short. That's why it's on the t-shirts. That's why we said it a million times because we want to make that point clear to everyone. The days are short. And then this next verse, verse 12, it says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, because of those things, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. In other words, choose your change. That right there is where that whole point comes from. Because the days are short, and we know that, we must choose our change. We must say, hey, this is where we're at in life. We must cast off the works of darkness that we once used to live in. And we must put on the armor of light. That is not just I may happen to come into this scenario but it's I'm choosing to do this. It's not I'm never sinning again, but it's this right here is how I'm gonna set my, my direction. This is where I am going. Verse 13, says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. 
He says, let us walk properly. Let us walk according to how the scriptures command us to. Let's not walk by appetites anymore. Let's not walk just because we want to. Let's not just live this life to live this life, but let's walk properly. That means we're gonna have to make some active decisions. We're gonna have to write some things down and say, this is what I'm getting committed to. This right here is where I'm drawing the line. No more am I gonna be prey to whatever the addiction is. No more am I gonna be bound by this sin. I'm gonna find a group, I'm gonna talk, and I'm gonna have others help me take my grave clothes off. I'm gonna have others help me seek change. I'm not gonna change all by my own power. I'm not gonna change by all my own might, but it's only by the Holy Spirit that we're gonna experience change. So we have to make that decision from the get-go. And then verse 14, it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So we must kill whatever that addiction is. We must put a total end to it. We must say, hey, that lying, that cheating, that gossiping, whatever it may be, I'm putting an end to it. Whenever I experience that temptation, I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna experience change, and I'm gonna ask for grace. I'm gonna ask for forgiveness. I'm gonna say, hey, I messed up. I'm experiencing this. I'm about to fall into it. Please help me. I wanna experience change. That's the only way change is gonna happen and it's gonna last. If you're just trying to deal with it all on your own, you're just gonna to try to say, ah, well, I kinda experience this, but I'm just be quiet about it. It's gonna just eat you up. It will totally take over you because you're not saying it, you're not bringing it to others and letting others help you out. So we gotta make no provision for the flesh. We have to be serious. We have to get committed. We have to choose our change because the days are short. We have to know that. We have to experience change from God and then move forward. The students really took this to heart. They really understood this idea that the days are short. Seeds were planted. We watered the seeds. After every sermon, we had discussion, application, and prayer. It was awesome. In all the groups, we had some high school guys. We had middle school guys, high school girls, middle school girls. We watered the seeds there. We said, hey, what sticks out to you about this? How, how are you gonna apply this sermon in your life? How can I pray for you? That was discussion, application, prayer after every sermon. We watered the seeds that were planted and God brought the harvest. God brought forth change in the hearts of the students and we were there to reap what had been sown in their hearts. We were there as leaders available, ready, in conversations, students approaching us and saying, hey, I want change. I don't wanna live this way I want to experience change. So we were there to help encourage them. We were there to help say, hey, this is good. This is what God wants in your life. This is freedom. This is what, this is what freedom feels like. Isn't this awesome? Don't you want more of this? Can I help encourage you in more of this? And we, as a youth group, will continue to water and plant and prepare this generation for a revival. We truly will. Just like the first song we sang, you know, let revival come, all this stuff. That is what we are doing at Driven Youth. We are making a plea for truth. We're saying, hey, this is the standard. This is what we're living for. This is what we're calling students to. We're gonna call out sin. We're gonna proclaim truth. We're gonna raise up Jesus. We're gonna see lives changed. And we saw that at camp. And it was awesome. And we're gonna continue to do that. We're not just gonna wait until next year. We're not just gonna put it in neutral and say, all right, we'll wait. But we are gonna keep on going. 
We're going to say, all right, because of this, now what? Because of this, where is this taking you? Now that we're, you know, almost into the school year, where is this taking you now? You're around different friends. You're around different people. You have different influences. How do we continue this change? How do we continue living for God and not making a provision for the flesh, right? So at our last point, I want to make it to y'all as well, not just the students. The students got to hear this all week long, but I, wanna, I want y'all to hear this. Choose your change. What is it going to be in your life that you're saying, I am changing today? I am no longer going to be filled with lying. I am no longer going to be filled with drunkenness. I'm no longer going to be filled in whatever it may be, but I am choosing today I'm going to serve God. I'm choosing today I am changing. I'm choosing today I'm going a different direction. I'm going to seek truth, and I'm going to share the love of Jesus with others. What is it today in your life that you're choosing change, and what is it that God is putting on your heart Because I know, based on this whole series of Pray Bold, whenever you're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking, and you're saying, all right, God, what is it? What is it you want me to change? Be ready, because he's gonna tell you, and it's gonna be like, wow, okay, you really went there, that's personal. But seriously, that's how it goes. We saw that at camp, and thankfully, because we're in a removed scenario where we get four or five days of being with people, we gotta keep hammering home on that. On Sundays, it's awesome that we all get to meet here, but we're only here for like an hour and a half or two hours. So it takes the intentionality. It takes finding that group. That's story after story of change in the youth happens whenever they have a friend group that says, hey, encourage me, help me. I need accountability. I want, I want a friend group that's good. So that's my encouragement to y'all. Find a lift group. Please talk to Roseanne and say, hey, what's a group that I can get connected in? Because I'm, I'm feeling the change here on Sunday mornings, but... I don't, I, I'm struggling to take that step because I go home and it's instant temptation. I keep falling back into it. That's my plea to y'all, you know? We get, a, we get to have these conversations with the students all the time, but it doesn't stop at 18, you know? Whenever you're 28, 38, 48, 58, and on, there's still the change that needs to take, you still need to take that step towards change, right? So what is it that God keeps putting on your heart? And if you don't know, would you pray for that? Would you pray seeking what that change is in your life and then go and talk to someone about it? Find a group, find a friend, find an elder, something, but choose that change and then go and do something about it. We also encourage the students, leave no stone unturned, right? We could say that at camp because we're there for a week and it's like, look, we're all gonna be together. We're gonna be having lots of conversations. So don't leave any stone unturned that you're like, ah, I'll go up to right here, but after that, that's a little too personal in my life. My encouragement to you is the same thing. Leave no stone unturned. That thing that you're like, uh-uh, not going there, not changing that, too personal. Don't leave it unturned because it will take over you. Leave no stone unturned. And the students did that, and there is eternal change that happened after that. There is change that lasted a lifetime right? There is going to be change that's lasting a lifetime. We don't get to see that whole lifetime, but I saw people genuinely experience freedom and say, I understand this now. I, I get it. I get what I have been bound by. I, I understand whenever I confess my sins, 
That burden is lifted from me. I've never confessed my sins before, and here I am as a whatever-year-old, and I'm experiencing change. I'm experiencing freedom. That right there is what we're going for. That's what church is about. That's what the Holy Spirit is, to produce change in you, right? So that's my encouragement to y'all is to choose your change, all right? So I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna have a baptism, and it's gonna be so awesome. So y'all join me in prayer. God, thank you so much for this week of camp that we gotta have and for the change that you have produced in the lives of the students. God, we know that is not by our might, it's not by our power as leaders, but it's through you and only you. God, I pray that you would continue to open the ears of all the people here in this room today. You would soften hearts and that people would begin to experience change and that people would experience a lifetime of change. And God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so what we're going to do is invite Emma Martinez up on stage. And she's a little nervous, so y'all give her a round of applause. It's going to be awesome. There you go. Here's a mic for you. All righty. Here, you can take this as well. Thank you. All right. So here's Emma Martinez, all right? So Emma, would you just tell us just a little bit about yourself, who you are, what do you do, all that stuff? As you know, my name's Emma Martinez. I'm 15 years old. Um, I go to Red Oak High School. Um, you got a big family here. <laughs> you want to say hi? Yeah, hey. There you go. Yeah, this whole like front row and these right two there. rows as well. That's all Emma's family. It's super awesome. So huge support already. It's just the best. All right. So here's another cool thing. On Wednesday at camp, so our second to last day. Um, it was actually Tuesday night up until like 2 a.m. Emily Tanner and Emma Martinez stayed up talking. And they went all into, their, into Emma's whole life. Until like and, 1 a.m. Yeah, it was like until like 1 a.m. It was seriously, it was a long time. It was great. Um, but Emma got to really open up to Emily and start to experience all this change. So Emma, I would love for you to be able to tell your story a little bit to the people here at the church so that, you can, so that they can see whenever we baptize you, hey, that's a story of change right there, right? So there's a, there was a time whenever your life started going down a, down a darker direction. Mm -hmm. Could you explain a little bit of what that was like for you? Okay. Um, so it happened like um, on 2020, right? Mm -hmm. um, on December 22nd, um, there was like a good big tornado that hit my home before Christmas, um, um, my dad had an affair on my mom, and it came with a kid that is till this day we still have in contact, which I'm not ashamed of. I love that kid to death. Um, it's not something people would talk about, you know, out of the random, but me personally, every time I make a new friend or I just, like, have something to talk about, I tell my story to people like it's nothing. Um, you know, they call me crazy or whatever, like, that's shocking, and your mom's a strong woman, you know, that's, you know, it's just crazy, but, um, yeah, it kind of took a toll on me, um, I think I was in eighth grade, so going to eighth grade, I think, I'm not sure, it's kind of, um, rocky, but, yeah, so that hit me hard, it hit the whole family hard, um, I had to wear people and family, um, you know, like I said, there was a kid, um, his name's AJ. Um, I loved him the moment I met him the first time. 
Some people might tell me that's crazy. I mean, I had people and family tell me I had no right to love him, which was, you know, crazy. And I just kind of laughed in my head, like, you know, like, you're telling me not to love a kid that didn't ask to be brought up in this world. And it wasn't his fault. Um, but I still loved him. I didn't let that, you know, God told me, and I forgived my dad, and now we're doing great, and the kid is just awesome, and he's going to have a good family to yeah. look up for him because yeah. he's a kid. He didn't ask, so people that are going through that or if your parents did that, you know, just and you have another sibling that's half, love them because God loves everybody. So yeah. after that, I'm healing towards, you know, I think going into ninth grade, eighth um, I was recovering from that, but then I still had this hole in my heart, which we talked about in camp. Mm-hmm. And um, I try to find pleasure, temporary use of, like, I had this one boy off and on, and, like, you know, I started self-harming. Um, I go to public school, so it's, like, really, really hard to cope with a lot of people, I guess, Um this pressure. So yeah, we were off and on and he kind of came right after that happened. So I wasn't fully healed. I didn't love myself. I was still trying to become mature and I did it at a young age. And um, yeah, so when he kind of broke up with me, um, I felt like I needed him to mm-hmm. where the point I cried, I begged, I did stuff in order to, you know, make him come back and he didn't and he would tell me all the things a girl or, you know, vice versa, guys can hurt, um, girls can hurt guys too. So told me anything I wanted to hear to believe. And I did and started self-harming. I started, you know, vaping, um, doing all this crazy stuff with drug people at school, just, you know, bad stuff and trying to, I guess, find a Trying to fill that hole in your heart, yeah. And it didn't work. And the whole year, everybody asked me, how was your ninth grade? You know, how was your, um, you know, so-called fish year? Um, It wasn't something I would like to remember. Every time they asked me that, I'd have to put a lie. Or like, oh, that was great. But all I remember is the boy, the self-harm, and the rumors I got spread. You know, you did this with him. You know, you're like, got called every name. I I got told to kill myself by his friends. You know, it was very... Mm -hmm painful and and I was it kind of built up through that whole year Um, my grades were going bad it affected me and I did at three points attempt suicide and it didn't work but I'm thank god it didn't Um, yeah so there's one moment I was going through it and this is like something I don't talk about because I don't know if people believe it or not but I kind of know I got possessed one night and it was like in May, um, I could feel like it was just a normal crying, depressed mode at night, you know, around 1 a.m. Um, I just remember crying, you know, not being able to breathe, feeling, you know, suicidal. And then I just, it went kind of blurry and blank. And then I wake up, and I think it was on a Sunday night after I went to Driven Youth, but I was still stubborn. I didn't really, you know, care. And I don't remember, it was blurry, and then I wake up. I would take a shower, get ready for school, and to this day, I mean, I had, like, I self-harmed without myself knowing, like, there's, like, cuts on my legs, and I was scared because usually when I self-harm, I remember, you know, I know the things that I do to mm-hmm. myself, 
and now I woke up to the morning and yeah, I just kind of saw cuts like somebody harmed me in the middle of the night. And I believe it was the devil and I kind of got possessed, you know, so. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was like the darkest, darkest place. Mm-hmm. But there's still another side to the story further on in that where you would say you experienced God mm-hmm. coming and meeting you. Could you tell us some about what that was like? Yeah, so after that, my parents prayed for me. You know, they were just, my mom was in deep prayer. I was still struggling, so trying to find ways. And then during the summer, kind of going in the end of May, I had my first spiritual warfare alone. And it was like my first ever, because I could tell it was me, God, and fighting the devil. And it was like to where, like, I wanted to die at that point. Like, I knew I was going to do it. Like, the mindset I had was unbelievable I hope no one goes through that um it was like I was crying I was just over it I was tired I was in deep pain yeah yeah got it oh Oh, yeah I was in deep pain um so I got on my knees, and it was it was a good long hour. I mean, it was like I, the, you know, I had walls around me. I couldn't. I was screaming, but no one heard me. So it was like no communication. So I was alone. But so I, I remember my dad always telling me like, if you ever feel like you're being, you know, caught up in that and the devil, because he's had his moments. You know, you've heard a story before he got baptized. So he would always tell me if you have ever feel like that just get on your knees and call to God and just fight and so that's what I did I got on my knees I said that our father like hundreds of times I was screaming God's name and then after a few times I calmed down everything was quiet my siblings were still asleep I share room so you know they didn't hear me so it's like scary I stopped crying and then I felt this warm feeling um, on my back and no one was there but it was not even a scary warm feeling it was like God hugged me or like God was just like yeah. how Chloe is right now with me and it was a peaceful and I stopped crying and I went to bed peacefully and then after that I just let it all go at church camp and yeah. I'm saved and I'm Amen. free and I can breathe yeah so. yeah that's awesome So that's just a small story of one person, but that's not where the story stops. I want you to tell people, what what are you changing towards now? Where are you going to? You've explained, hey, this is where I was. I'm dying to self-harm. It's gone. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to have a group. They're going to help me and encourage me. What are you going to live towards now? I'm going to live towards forgiveness. I mean, I've kind of been good with that, which is thankfully good because forgiveness is hard um i found how to love myself and i'm just dedicated and i read the bible every day i try to mm-hmm. and you know as pastor brown was take, talking about it don't fake it till you make it so yeah. i was doing that a lot but when he spoke about it, he called me out <laughs> i was like oh okay <laughs> but yeah so you know i just dedicated myself every day even if i was tired even if it's like two minutes you know to have that time and, you know, it's really changed me now. And I spoke about this in front of 
the church camp, and now I'm speaking in front of everybody and online. So yeah, Yay. that's awesome. It's great. That this is what sharing your story looks like. Sharing change and experiencing that life change, right? So what we're going to do is baptize Emma, and it's going to be awesome. But before that, we have a video from one of the leaders from camp. If you want to turn and watch that, you can hit that video. Hey, Emma, we are here in frigid, southern, sunny California, wishing we were at home, soaking up the heat and this moment with you. Girl... You are going to set this world on fire for the gospel. Remember that this is a declaration of your faith in Jesus Christ. And now his charge to you is to take that gospel to everyone you meet. God has big plans and a purpose for you and an anointing. And it cannot be shaken when you walk in faith and pray bold. Congratulations, girl. We love you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. So that's what it looks like whenever a leader and a student get to connect and have discussion after discussion after discussion, really open up their lives. And it's a different thing whenever it's not just, oh, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. But whenever it's, I'm opening up my life to you and I want to experience change as well. So Emma, you want to hop in the water here? Yeah. That's great. You got your whole family here. It's great. Emma asked me earlier, you think it'll be okay if I cry during this? I said, I think it'd be awesome. Jonathan said, I don't think anyone will know because of all the water, so I think you'll be good. <laughs> but Emma, this, uh, this baptism, there's nothing special about these waters, um, but it's a picture of dying to who you used to be and living now to who God has called you to be, right? So all these people here are witnesses and you are saying, this is who I am now. I'm made new, right? So I'm happy to baptize you as my sister in Christ. You've been buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life.